Okay, I caught you. Admit it. You just turned up your radio. I mean, this song. Automatic. As soon as you hear that opening riff, you reach for the volume button. Summer 69, just one of, uh, I don't know, 87 hits Brian Adams has had in his illustrious career. And just announced Brian Adams, along with longtime songwriting partner Jim Valance, latest inductees into the Canadian Songwriting Hall of Fame. Here's music expert Eric Elper, who joins us now for more. Hey, Eric, good afternoon. Good afternoon. So good to be here talking about Brian and Jim. Probably are, they're kind of like our Lennon and McCartney of Canadian rock, aren't they? You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking the same thing when I read about the announcement uh, late yesterday that uh, maybe just Randy and Burton come close when it comes to Canadian songwriting uh, partners, uh, partnership. But uh, Jim Valance and Brian Adams, really, I mean, you could easily make that argument. There are Lennon and McCartney. Yeah, or, or maybe even closer closer to their occupations i think elton john and bernie Chopin, where bernie doesn't like to go out very much and be seen and photographed and he stays in the background but when they met having a chance meeting at a record store um i I don't think either of them thought that brian imes would be as big as he is and maybe jim would be one of the most successful songwriters like in rock and roll history i mean you you have to acknowledge that by you know starting off with the cut like a knife album back in 1983 that had three hit singles and then they followed that up with reckless back in 1984 six of the 10 singles uh, six of the 10 songs were, were top 15 singles on billboard yeah mm-hmm. run to you heaven summer of 69 I, I there are songs that you listen to that immediately put you back 35 years those are the songs and they're pretty much all written by brian adams and jim valance what was it about those two do you think eric or is it just something that you you know you can't bottle you can't describe i don't know why it is certain songwriting partnerships just uh, every time they get together they come up with gold yeah you know the riffs certainly are part of it you know you and i are big enough fans of bruce springsteen and acdc and uh, just having those chunky riffs that everybody can air guitar and get around their head certainly helps and i think also lyrically you know we're, we're not talking about shakespeare here but i think it's really difficult to be able to write a song like heaven or everything i do i do for you and have the words that every guy wants to sing and every woman wants to hear you know when you have a run to you or summer of 69 or when jim writes a song like what about love for heart that was inducted into the songwriting hall of fame in canada last year those it's really difficult to try to write a song for tens of millions of people to sing back to you at a concert you know it's funny because brian did a couple of, of interviews this week and in one of the interviews he said that one thing that he will always do when playing concerts is play the hits because he knows that he can play two or three new songs but for the most part people just want that jukebox of non-stop number one song and when you think about it it's like oh brian that's very very nice and then you realize that 
for two hours, he could play nothing but hits. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Anybody can say, yeah, I'm going to play my popular songs." But really how many popular songs do most artists have? Brian Adams and Jim Valance have, you know, <laughs> you're right. Like 87 of them. Well, I mentioned that off the top of our show this afternoon. Cause the first time I saw Adams is when he opened the Molson amphitheater. And, you know, I was a fan of Brian Adams, like we all were throughout the eighties, but uh, I finally saw him there in the early nineties. And that's exactly what I was struck by, Eric. I mean, I, I knew he had a bunch of songs, but you go to a Brian Adams show and you're like, my word, does he ever have a catalog? <laughs> I mean, it's just hit after hit after hit. And might I add, it's kind of refreshing to hear that from Brian Adams, because I know there's a lot of artists that, uh, I mean, how many times has Brian Adams sung Run to You in concert? But uh, he knows probably there's somebody in the audience that this is the first time, maybe the only time they'll see Brian Adams do that. And, you know, it just takes us all back uh, to a different era and a different time. And it's kind of refreshing to hear an artist that uh, really revels in that. Yeah. And and I think he also knows that there are people in the audience that have heard this song a hundred times in concert, but still love it just the same. You know, Mm -hmm. when when, you know, what struck me about Brian Adams specifically was he just did everything correctly, at least for the first, you know, 20, 25 years, because, you know, in Canada, it's really difficult to break it in this country. We are a very large country with not a lot of people. You know, it's something like 85% of the population is like 100 kilometers away from the border of America. So we're consistently bombarded by what Americans are doing and their kind of music. But you have Brian Adams who played coast to coast in every small club in every venue in Canada. And when you hit number one with a song like Everything I Do, I Do For You or the Reckless album, you realize if you're Brian Adams that you just don't stop. You you keep playing. Maybe the venues get bigger. You play to bigger crowds, longer tours, and you don't really get to enjoy everything about being number one until years later, until you're allowed to take that well-deserved break and realize like, wow, like I kind of really reacted from that. And then you keep doing that. There is no Sergeant Pepper album in Brian Adams catalog. There's no left of center album that just confused everybody and he struggled to get the audience back. He hit the mark of everything that you're supposed to do as a rock star. Keep playing, don't stop, and write really great three and a half minute rock songs for people to rock out on a Friday night in a bar. Mm. And that's exactly what he did. 35 plus years later, looking back, Reckless, what does that album mean, do you think, to Canadian rock, Canadian music? I mean, you can look at the Guess Who, and they really put Canadian rock on the map, I think, obviously in the early 70s. But uh, what did Reckless do for Canada, not only for Brian Adams, but just for Canadian music and Canadian rock? Because you can't underestimate, if you will what that album was and uh you know 84 85 i mean i don't care what radio station you're listening to in what country it was everywhere yeah it was right up there with michael jackson's thriller and bruce springsteen born in the usa and for me as a kid that was 14 and 15 years old during that time that was really the first time at least in rock music not necessarily in terms of like maybe new new wave where you saw the spoons and other artists but nobody that was the first artist, at least that I saw with my very own eyes as a happening, um, just destroyed America. You know, just watching Casey Kasem's uh, America Top 40 on the television. And it seemed like week after week after week, they played a Brian Adams song. They played the video because it kept 
having songs in the top 10. So as a Canadian, I mean, that Canadian pride was just astounding. It was, you know, it opened the door for, um, for Corey Hart, for Alas Morissette, for Shania Twain, for Celine Dion, because record labels here in Canada and booking agents and managers realized that we could actually have our own superstars like the Guess Who, David Clayton Thomas, Blood, Sweat and Tears, Gordon Lightfoot. But we hadn't had that in a very long time, almost a, a full decade until Brian Adams and Corey Hart and those kind of artists came along. So for me, it was it was just you could actually accomplish worldwide success um in, right here in Canada and that's kind of led my own life here in the music industry for 25 30 years and it sure. really started off looking at Brian Adams saying well if he can do it maybe other people can too and they did all right so having said all of that I guess he's deserving of the Canadian Songwriting yes. Hall of Fame yeah <laughs> yes yeah, thumb, yeah thumbs up uh, bust down that door long overdue Brian Adams also has a brand new album out this week so it's a pretty good week for Brian Adams and Jim Fallon very cool Eric appreciate it as always thanks for this no problem. Thanks for having me, Jeff. We'll talk soon. You got it. Music expert Eric Helper. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.